0: church boys how everyone how are you it's the church boys
1: <laughs> oh my gosh i can't are billy. people you think people are happy this is happening billy. right now
0: billy it's been a while
1: it's uh it's cool. been two months it's... since we've done a show let's not candy coat it <laughs> Um, well, we did some America interviews. Chris is some, actually we, too we, good we ran, for all of you to we ran, show up. Uh,
0: we ran some interviews. We just haven't done a regular show in a couple yes, months. Yes, we have.
1: We've actually we had a very nice interview with um, what was his face? Colton Dixon
0: has Colton Dixon won a, a Grammy? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure Right? I'm looking I, it up. Well, he's I don't no know now. right. You know, he's not a slacker um, like some musicians we know. Well, Poor Colton Dixon showed
1: up. We had just moved offices and showed up oh, to like right. our yeah. office with like our fold-up tables and no cubicle, like no cubicle space or anything. <laughs> He's like, "What in the world? Who booked this interview?" <laughs> so, um, I, I almost felt bad for him. Almost. So well, and yeah. he was also born in 1991, by the way. When I was oh, doing so the I write-up, I'm him. like, "Oh wow, right. that's, what a
0: jerk!" Right? Awful. So we've been. Um, <laughs> Usually we like to start with a certain topic. I guess our topic is we are failures. We're just going to go and <laughs> come out and say that has
1: no, just admit that you think you're too good.
0: Well, I do. I, I do think I'm too good, but we are also failures and we owe an apology to our listeners. that We haven't been out there getting this done. However, we have reasons and that we our reasons need to not be excuses, right? But we love doing this show and there's a whole lot of behind the scenes stuff that maybe one day, right? When you and I are out of contracts and there's nothing holding us back, we can share some stories of things that have gone on. Um, When some people are dead and gone and (laughs) 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 our freedom, our freedom to share things that are not shareable as we speak. (laughs) I'm posing for the picture. Did it work? Or do you need a Facebook
1: Live? I'm taking a picture to prove to everyone that we're actually recording. I love how cryptic you are. Look, I don't touch this stuff with a 10, with a
0: 150-foot pole. Oh, I'm just Uh, just saying I could be talking about my wife. My wife might have said, we're not talking about this. Yeah. So So there you go. Maybe. Well, you know, there's a lot of drama in the world. There's a lot of drama in the world. And not just in my world, not just in Billy's world, but drama in the world. And there's some other things. Billy, you've had some personal things that have been going on, and and I have no yeah, life, so I can't say Twenty seventeen has it. been
1: actually. Yeah. I have to say, for all those idiots out there, and if you're listening who thought twenty sixteen was a terrible year and twenty
0: seventeen would be better, <laughs> I actually, for me, I think twenty seventeen has been way worse. <laughs> so than I and, and when Billy's and when Billy's ready to share some of the personal things that have gone on in his life over the last the last month. Uh, we'll share those things as well, but there, we do have reasons and we've allowed them to be excuses, I think for not recording, but we have not been able to get on the same page. He and I talk every, I mean, you and I talk every we single talk all day, the time. We, I mean, multiple yeah. times a day, we have phone calls, we're chatting exactly. all the time, we do everything. And so Billy and I, uh, have stayed in contact. It has nothing to do with our relationship. We're, we're, Wait, a s- we're like a broken up band. Imagine. <laughs> we're not doing this because we secretly hate each other. That's right. So there's nothing wrong with our relationship. There's just been a whole lot of stuff, uh, uh, going on. And so we owe, we owe you, uh, the listeners, um, an apology for that. Um, not Pedro. So I'm going, not, not Pedro. I'm going to let Billy say he's sorry because I'm, I don't say I'm sorry. Uh, Anyway, so we are back for this episode. Are you, one of, are you, this are this you episode. one of
1: those, like, no regret people? Like, I don't oh, have no. any regrets in life. Oh, like, no, everything no. happens. My, no, 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 like, no, no, Those no. people drive me crazy. No, no, it's, like, no, no, okay to have no, a regret.
0: No. It is okay to have a regret. I am not one of those people. My entire life. Li- I'm fine my, with regrets. My entire life is a regret. One giant regret. <laughs> I just don't apologize. <laughs> you talk to your wife. I'm sure she would agree. that. I just <laughs> don't apologize. I just don't apologize. <laughs> That's, no, but,
1: like, you know, the people That just makes me a horse's rear end.
0: That doesn't make me.
1: But you know, like these, and I'm actually drinking water out of a wine glass. Don't, uh, don't mind me. Don't judge. Um, but like the people who are, who always say, well, I just, I can't, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say I regret anything because if I do that, no, like you can, you're, an you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You were an idiot and you can regret it. It's right. fine.
0: Right. If you make a mistake, you should be sorry you made a mistake.
1: Right. Right. Like when you right. went on and on and on about how you thought Trump would never become president. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not sure what I regret there, but. Uh, anyway, so so let's go ahead and we're gonna start the show here in a minute. But Billy, I wanted you before we started. I wanted you to share. You had a couple stories from from a time in in time in New York because you go to New York regularly now. And there was uh, some. So tell me, you you told me about, but I think you need to kind of unpack it for people here. Um well, I I started <laughs> thinking to myself,
1: okay, you know, you've got to lose weight. You're way overweight, self. So. <laughs> Um, and so, why don't you start walking from Grand Central to work? And we moved offices, and so the the, okay, time, just the a new office. I, I'm gonna but, let
0: you. I'm gonna let you continue this. Yeah, you're. Don't, he's trying to get an insult No, see, um, but don't. No, 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 no. Don't pretend that this has anything to do with you wanting to get exercise. You refuse no, well, to ride okay. the subway. You would walk anyway. <laughs>
1: that is accurate. I'd walk over hot coals to avoid the subway exactly. for a mile. Because and a half you think you're idea. better than everybody. Uh, I've I have walked through snow and rainstorms now. In order to and it's go a good, this? You know, it's it's so like Grand Central's on forty second, East Forty Second, and my office is on the west side in the twenties. So oh, it's a walk. Okay. It's a walk. So you're way and, south
0: of Macy's and everything.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's a walk. And but like, you know, I don't do subways, so I walk it. And but here's the problem. New York is so nuts that like that if you're walking a half an hour each way. That's an hour of walking. Your chances of see some, seeing something abnormal are incredibly high every day, and so I've had crazy, you know, homeless people asking me for money and whatever. i which you know, like very aggressive homeless people. One woman, I gave her a twenty out of the ATM to shut her up. I mean, it was just crazy. But this other day, um, and this was a couple of weeks ago, I'm walking down the road. Everything's peaceful. I'm listening to music and I'm walking, um, waddling rather. And and I get to a street corner and. This all of a sudden, I hear this like woman screaming right in front of me, screaming her head off. And in front of her is a man and a woman. They're very nicely dressed, and this woman mm. was like pretty nicely dressed too. So it was weird. It wasn't like a bag lady. I'm so looking you, for like the bag you don't think lady. This was a homeless person? No, she. Well, maybe she didn't look to be though. Like she had like a purse and a bag, and she really? had like a suitcase though. So that you never know, right? But like <laughs> nicely dressed, weird. and she's like. Expletives shooting out of her mouth. Oh no! I said, "Shut up!" And she's like, in these two business people's faces, like they're in front of her, and it like erupts into this thing where she's like, "Shut the f up!" And do you think she was you know, shouting?
0: I, at, do you think she was shouting at them?
1: Yes, you know, she definitely was because they stopped because she like, oh. you know how like you're walking. My fear is a creepy person like walking up behind me and like putting their face near me and like yelling at me or stabbing me in the city because yes. you never know. Yes. But so this that's what she did. She like got in their face like they were walking, oh. talking to each other and she like got in their face. They stop and like, are you kidding me? Like, what's wrong with you, lady? And she I, I've never seen it like it in my life. I can't even describe it. She rounds up for a kick and ki- starts kicking them. It Both was like like the man it, and the woman. She said. Sh- like, she, yes. is she
0: doing like judo spin kicks? Like doing lunge like just...
1: kicking, like lunge kicking in the air, trying to kick them. And of course they start what? walking fast away. And I'm frozen because I'm captivated by this whole scene. And I'm like, holy crap, I got to get out of here. She's going to come for me next. And I, I actually said like, oh my gosh, like out loud. So and then I was like running because I'm like, she's going to come up and kill me. Like I, <laughs> I mean, she's just screaming at everybody. But like when she lunge kicked them, I was like, this is why I need to move out of this city. I can't even. I'm not even doing it justice because it was so crazy, but she just kept saying, "Shut up! Nobody wants to hear you." But they weren't talking to her, and they weren't talking loud. Did she just finally wander off, or did she keep following them like all the way to the train station? She kept fo- she kept walking behind them and, and screaming, but I think they just got away faster. You know, they just kept walking back. And it never so,
0: occurred to you to get your phone out and record any of this.
1: I. It happened so fast. <laughs> I was so mesmerized by it. And I kept thinking, I kept thinking, this is a viral moment. I'm going to miss a viral moment, which is actually horrible because she probably had some sort of mental. But I wasn't at the in the moment. I was like, what is going? But when she lunged, like when she wound, I saw the leg going back. I was like, she's going <laughs> to kick them <laughs> because they had that's stopped funny. to confront her. I'm like this woman is going to kick them.
0: Oh, that's she was hilarious!
1: Completely irate. It reminded she reminded me a lot of you.
0: <laughs> you're you're funny. You know, I was just going to say it's. The, the part of the story you didn't tell that, and maybe it's because you're just trying to preserve you know save people's feelings was that she turned around and you went Andrea? Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen Billy Hallowell and Chris Field The Church Boys From the sublime to the ridiculous but
2: mostly ridiculous <laughs> It's the post-play to a wonderful Sunday afternoon I
0: hate these guys. Yes, yes, yes. The gang's all here. Isn't everybody happy now? No. So, Billy, that was a lovely story, and you told it with you told it so well with such enthusiasm. Support <laughs> you, <poor>, honestly. <laughs> um, I did not miss you at all. <laughs> how could you? You you harass me every day, even on the weekends. I get texts from Billy. I get texts from Billy throughout the weekend. <laughs> Sometimes I just know, need to know what you think about something. Like, I'm like, what does Chris think about this? I'll be sitting in church and suddenly, Ting. of course I got my phone off, but it's, <laughs> bzz, 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 what is going on? And Chasey look at me like, would you tell Billy to leave him alone? <laughs> I can't help it. He's a mental patient. <laughs> I'm like the woman randomly <laughs> kicking people <laughs> on the street. See, I can imagine you doing that. I really can't I mean I I, I feel like if you and... have
1: a bad day I get it. I mean I in the city I get it. <laughs> now here comes emphysema cough back for I just I just I'm just at the tail end of a of a cold. Um, you've been you've been much frailer the past year. I feel like you've had no, a lot more No, no, head cold. I have
0: it's been i it's in the last See, I usually get a really good one between Christmas and, you know, middle end of February, I'll get one. And I didn't this year. Not really, and so then I got one just this last week, and it was it was a good one. But I think I'm, I think
1: like the frequency the with this sounds like my claims about how frequently it is that a cleaning woman comes to my house. Your monthly? Oh cleaning no, woman? she only does it once. You know, we actually haven't had her in a long time. Like a it's week? Kind of sad. No, it's been a long time. I mean, we've had to actually clean ourselves, which is That's, tragic.
0: That is sad. <laughs> why are Why are you doing it? I mean. That's, Andrew, um, that's Andrea's job. You should not you be know, doing the, doing the cleaning. We split. We actually
1: split the cleaning duties. We split oh yeah? the cleaning duties, and to be honest, because here's you know this with kids, like you're always cleaning. I feel like we clean, we vacuum like every day, and and so we split it up. I mean, I, I for me, I sort of wish that we didn't have three bathrooms because I hate cleaning three bathrooms. Right. Um, but yeah we split everything up we just it's like let's do it down the middle let's split it up but when you have somebody helping you it's kind of nice when you have somebody coming in to you know clean right so is, is, no is there
0: is there a house chore that that um our cleaning chore that andrea refuses to do um well like everybody
1: else she hates the toilets i mean who yeah. doesn't hate doing yeah, the, toilets? the wife does that too. um i could couldn't care less about doing a toilet it takes two seconds yeah, and i don't mind don't the to- i don't mind the toilet yeah, you don't have to touch it. I mean, right. you, you don't even have to... T- I don't understand what the issue is. I don't either. Um, but They're no, girls. other than that, she doesn't seem to mind. Um, and look, you know, the benefits of being married to an Italian, you just get a lot of really good Italian food. So that's <laughs> that's always good. So, like, if I have to clean a toilet here or there, I'm fine with it. But we just... We actually aren't home enough to have... Because if you have somebody... If you do it, like, once every other month, or once every month have somebody coming into a good clean... Right. You know, it, it's sort of like... It's hard to find time to be home to have that happen
0: because the schedules have been so crazy. So our beloved uh, cleaning person has not been here. Yeah. So my wife is neurotic about it. Uh, She loves to clean. Now, I have my wife is a stay at home mom. She works at the church like 10 or 15 hours a week on Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So Fridays and Mondays, she's home most of the day. Um, with the daughter but she goes and she does the grocery shopping she does other things and so she does volunteer work and things it's not like she's just sitting around eating bonbons Um, but she I I swear to God I think she vacuums once a day like the whole whole house That's crazy. I believe it.
1: I believe it. That's it,
0: that is the one thing that we do every day is vacuum. In fact, I believe now she doesn't vacuum as often upstairs because it doesn't get as much foot traffic. It's you know it's the kids and you know we go up there to tuck kids in and things, but we're not. It's not. It's obviously it's not heavily as heavily foot traffic. But so the kids are getting ready for bed, and what does JC do? I'm coming down here. The kids are upstairs getting ready for bed. I'm coming down here to get ready to start the show with you. And thankfully, I didn't tell you this when we we're <laughs> offline. Thankfully, you were late getting done because what is my wife doing? Vacuuming. At 8.30 at night, vacuuming the hallway right above my office. It's got to be My son's bedroom. My son is getting his pajamas on and getting ready to get into bed. What is my wife doing? (laughs) Right above my office. Do you have wood floors or carpet? We have carpet. So we have wood floors throughout the whole house. Oh, Um, We have carpet. We're carpet upstairs. We've got hardwood on the main floor. Well, the family room has carpet. The front room, kitchen, dining room, my office are hardwood. So I mean, the is woods carpet. easy
1: easy with like a electric sweeper, you yeah, know. Yeah, do yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you know that's what we'll do every day. We'll electric sweep it. But okay. this is the most insane conversation. How did this happen? I don't know. How we're talking about we this?
0: got into you talking about you. It was you oh, doing. cleaning It was lady. doing your you doing your humble brag about your cleaning lady could only come once a month or something like that.
1: Oh please, I know. But like this is not. Let's not act <laughs> like this is you know some <laughs> elite service. Um, <laughs> she does a wonderful job,
0: but this is like you know. Well, it's and not, I really I'm really more bothered by the fact that Andrea needs to be doing this. It's her job as the woman. I, love, I cannot wait. Let's get comments on this. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of angry women are going to be emailing you. Oh, that's um, redundant. Angry women emailing. All right. So, I really welcome back. So you I know, wanted it is, to. Show, it I was kind of nice to be back. <laughs> it's a little bit nice. Oh, like, I just looked up and
1: saw my picture with Donald Trump, and I got really uncomfortable. I haven't at, looked at that in a while. I I'm, looking, this at, moment where I'm, I'm I was,
0: looking at a picture of you right now and getting awfully uncomfortable. <laughs> i think you've grown are you getting taller you know i think i might be yeah you're getting wider maybe that's maybe that's it you're terrible (laughs) now you've actually been exercising you joined a gym and
1: yeah like once or twice a day i'm exercising i mean it's a slow it's a slow progression because i'm not like trying to obsess so what does this
0: exercise thing entail and by the way before you before you go any further am i delayed when i'm talking to you like is the video not lining up with my words you have mental delays no you're not delayed okay because you are and so you'll say where you'll say something and then a few minutes a few seconds later your mouth will move and so i keep being thrown off i keep finding myself watching your face <laughs> and you're, you're so, done talking you're so and i'm crazy. watching your face anyway you're so so crazy. what is this exercising um, you're doing so and I, do i have any reason to days, believe that
1: you're actually doing it some days i will go to we have this this place near the river, which is amazing. It's this, uh, it's like a bike running trail right along the Hudson. And, um, I'll go there and it's like I'll do like a two and a half mile run sometimes. Um, but other days I'll go to the gym, I'll do like a 20 minute interval run. What is that? I'll do 15. So it's like you do a burst of running at 10, 10 miles per hour, then you walk for two minutes and you do a burst of running and you walk for two minutes. You just do that for like 20 minutes. Um, I'll do 15 minutes on the elliptical and then I'll, I'm trying to do like crunches cause I got to get rid of my stomach, but you know, I got to lose the weight to get rid of the stomach. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like what I'm doing. I'm not, I'm not obsessing. I'm that's not good. obsessing at night. Sometimes we take the kids to the river and we walk with them. Um, and you know, it's, it's not, this is not like the princess portions thing you had launched where you were trying to get people to <laughs> eat less and that's lose true. weight. I, I am right. eating much less. Are I had really? my first yeah. piece of pizza today, which is great. in like a couple weeks, but, you know, All right. I'm a pizza guy. I right. love pizza.
0: And, you know, I always love to tease you about being fat, even though you're not. Oh, I just love to tease you about it. Oh, no, I am. And No, but you're I'm not, like, like morbidly I, obese. You're, like, you're, the, you're a typical American male. You got a little—do you have a little extra weight you could lose? Yeah, but you're not, like, a big—you're not wandering yeah, I'm around a, I'm like— fa- I'm a
1: fatty. I own it. I mean, <laughs> Look, but I it's time to not be, honestly. And I think when you have, like, a health crisis or something in your family, like, you start to think more. Like, oh, yeah, my gosh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I need to oh, stop agreed. eating bonbons because I'm going to die. Um— <laughs> You know, so no more Klondike bars, or I'm gonna die. So okay. that's kind of where I am. So is am your right
0: wife now. like keeping you to a diet right now?
1: No, not really. Like we're just eating, trying to eat healthier. She's trying to too. So okay. we're just, you know, like we like. I'm not gonna lie. Tonight, Friday nights, like our cheat, like our bad night. Right. So we had pizza, right? And then I had a, a few M and M's. It was great. A, f- um, a few M. But like tomorrow, if you're lying. I'll go back to the gym a few M and M's. What? T- okay.
0: What is a few M and M's in oh, like two in... handfuls? I okay. mean, we're not talking about a few. Okay.
1: Um, and then tomorrow morning, I'll go back to the gym. I'll do. I'll work out for like an hour, and then tomorrow night we'll probably work out again. So, I, you know, the workouts oh. aren't crazy. They're like an hour here, an hour there, but they're happening every day. So, so. you ha-
0: no. Here's another question I have for you. You joined a gym, right? Yes. A- and you're running on a treadmill. Uh yes. Okay, and you're using an elliptical machine. Yes. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. If you were to move your camera just a little bit to the side, what would I see?
1: Oh, I love it. You would see an elliptical and a treadmill. But okay. So I do use I do use right. the treadmill. I don't like I don't like our elliptical. I'm not gonna lie, Kay. it's a thousand dollars of wasted money. I, but the um I didn't buy it, so I don't care. But the the treadmill I use a couple times a week still. So I do that in addition. So on a morning where like. Let's say I'm running the kids to school and, and it's crazy before I, I need to go to work, I'll sometimes slip in a twenty minute interval run. Like in fact, I did that Thursday um, and Tuesday. So, you know, I will use that, but I like going to the gym because they have other machines that I don't have. So like some of the sit up machines and stuff uh, that I don't have. Sit-up machine, right sit up machines, but you
0: sit on the floor and you tuck your feet under the couch. That's,
1: That's just a sit up so machine.
0: So wait. Let me let me ask you this. How much is your gym membership?
1: Oh, so, well, I'm super cheap. You know this. So I don't do gym memberships for more than $19 a month. And most of them, like New York Sports Club, which is where I'm a member, it can be $70 a month. It could be more. Um, but I always find a way to get a deal. So I got a deal. I only pay $19 a month to go to New York Sports so Club. So
0: you're paying about 20 bucks a month to use to use equipment you already have in your, I don't home, have in it. your home. Well, so I do some weightlifting th- there, which I don't
1: have at home. I've started to do that, but I don't like to do that because I don't want to gain any weight, even if it's muscle weight. Right
0: now, I'd rather just lose so, my weight. And so then you're really out. not you're really not lifting weights. If from time time and time again, you'll actually wander by the weights and pick one up and go, <laughs> "Boy, that's so heavy." Oh, you're terrible. So the main well, thing, know,
2: there's
1: thing is, like but a, what, there's what you're doing, jacuzzi, I mean, there's you, like
2: nicer there's jacuzzi. You.
1: you have a shower and it. a tub in your home. I don't use that stuff. There's okay, a, a so, not a jacuzzi. So, what's it like? One of those saunas, but I don't, okay. So, but
0: there is. There. So when I asked you what you're doing for exercise, you mentioned that you're using the treadmill and the elliptical machine at the gym.
1: Yes, I don't. Which like you my already own.
0: Gym. Which you
1: already own at home. Yes. Yeah, so on the days that I work out twice, I will do one at home and I will do one there. Um, so, but I'm I'm actually extra motivated. I love to know what other people think about this. Going to the gym motivates me more. Um, no, I, I don't hate know people at the because gym. what I hate the people at the gym. See, yeah, but the nice part about this gym is the meatheads
0: are in one ro- a different room. Oh, I don't care about the, the meatheads; they're just people in general. Well,
1: I find them incredibly annoying. Um, but you know, so <laughs> I don't mind the other people. And actually, when I go, there's almost nobody there. This this gym is like dead. I don't even know how they stay open, <laughs> and they're charging $19 a month. So, um, well, no, I I got that because my neighbor had a deal. If sh- if you sign a friend up during this one week, they can get it for 19 instead of 50. So I was like, so sign 90, me
0: up. So it's 20 bucks a month for you for how long though? I mean, how long does that deal go? Well, so I'm not stuck in any contract. I
1: can keep that twenty dollars a month forever, and I can cancel whenever I want. So other people are paying seventy a month in a contract to go to the same gym, which I would not do. Hmm. I don't do contracts for gyms.
0: So you're gonna sell your fat? You never should. Are you gonna sell your elliptical machine in order to pay for this gym membership?
1: I'm thinking about selling the elliptical. I mean, it's huge. It's it's like it's a massive machine. It's a nice machine, but I just don't particularly enjoy it. It's down in the office here. The the, the treadmill is ten years old. I love it. Um, when that dies, I'll buy another one because it's, it's a great machine. But look, you know, it's gonna take a long time
0: not to be fat. It's gonna take a long time. <laughs> but but I'm Just, I'm in it for the long haul. I've it really healthy. is. It is it is. Uh, and I want you to be healthy. I want you to exercise. And I need to do more exercising. And I need to eat eat better. You know, everybody has different metabolisms and things. And so it's not it's. 'm I'm, I'm, and I, and i don't think you're a big fatty i just like to tell you that you are even though you're not um uh, <clears throat> you're an average american male which is fine and i'm an average american male as well and I, we could all stand to lose a few lbs <clears throat> but we do want you to be healthy because we do want you to be around for a while it would be nice to not host this by myself i mean it would be nice to host this show by myself however um we need you around so i'm glad why you're, are you being so nice i don't this know is... I just i don't know can so. we talk about Bernie Sanders? I feel like yes, we need we a transition. An awkward transition. Just a second. Which one did I, I can't remember? Which one I use for that? Is it this one? That's how long. No, it that's spent. not it. That one's terrible. There it is. There we go. Awkward transition. There we go. We'll do that one.
1: I cannot tell you how much I love this pro-choice <laughs> Bernie Sanders drama, it's fantastic. because it is. I mean, I I had this terrible joke. I shouldn't say it. Forget. It, I'm not going to say it. It do was it. about Bernie Sanders not. Let me stop. Bernie Sanders is very pro-choice. Let me just <laughs> let's just start there, ok? when in when, in fact, he was asked if he supported any restrictions on abortion last year, if you remember, he couldn't find one restriction that he supported right. on abortion. I remember so yep, like yep, through through nineteen months, maybe through nineteen years old. We don't even know. Um, totally fine with abortion. Um, but yeah, you know, what's what's sort of interesting is that he's under fire from all these pro-choice activists at narrow. Uh, which I NARAL. don't care who you are. NARAL. NARAL, I don't care who you are. NARAL. That that name and acronym is the most obnoxious thing in the world. It looks awful and it sounds terrible. It sounds well,
0: like a well, rash cream. But, but um, uh, Are you having a moment? Uh, are you having well, a senior am, moment? But NARAL, NARAL, it used to be an acronym. Now they just go by NARAL. It used to be a National Abortion Rights Activist League or act something like that. But they got well, they rid of it as an acronym and want- now they just go with the, with the word NARAL.
1: Well, whatever I that the way you're saying it, if that's the way you say it, is even worse than what I thought it was. Um, the the bottom line is they are going after Bernie Sanders because he is supporting this guy Heath Mello, who's a Democratic candidate for mayor, the mayor of it's Omaha, like Nebraska. Omaha,
0: right? yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So so this guy Heath, um, is essentially yeah I don't know if we personally pro-choice, but he's also advocated for uh, at least a couple of bills, one in he's, 2009 he's that pre- would have required women to have. I thought he was personally pro-life. Yes, right. personally it's pro, pro life. life.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and and I would say politically, he has said, "Oh well, if I'm elected mayor, I won't." First of all, he's mayor of Omaha. Why are we panicking about this? Right, like, it's Omaha. Se- second of all, like, um, yeah, you know, he wants to be mayor of Omaha. Second of all, what, what's interesting here to Bernie Sanders' credit is he's saying, look, there are some red states in this country where Democrats aren't going to look exactly like me or think exactly like me. Right. Um, and, and even though Bernie Sanders hasn't found a fetus he doesn't want to slay, I'm kidding. That's the, uh, it's a total that's, joke. That's the joke um, you
0: were not telling. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, anyway. Yeah.
1: <laughs> even though Bernie Sanders has a restriction on abortion that he supports, allegedly, um, he he is able to say, look, I'm going to support this Heath guy, even though he's, you know, pro-life. Right. Personally, right. I think that's kind of interesting. And actually, when you have a party that's lost all power and has completely been circumcised of any sort of, you know, influence in any level of government, you would assume that the last thing you want to do is push people out right. for, over one issue. Right. And and what's and then I'll shut up and I'll let you talk. But what's fascinating to me is the Republicans have consistently and sometimes rightfully so been hit over and over and over and over again for being the one party, or one issue party, right? right. The abortion party, um, the pro-life party. And here you have. The Democrats doing the same thing on a bunch of different issues on gay rights, on on abortion, um, and here you have Naral. How are you pronounce it? Naral. Yeah. The the organization with the awful name um, going after Bernie Sanders for for basically supporting this Democratic pro life candidate. I'm um, saying that it's ridiculous. How could this happen? Why would the DNC and Bernie Sanders support this person? This is not the future of the Democratic Party. It's like, well, look. Most Americans support restrictions on abortion at some level.
0: Right. Right. Well, and he's even pro-choice Americans, Right. And he said, and like this guy, one of the things that he did when he was in the, in the De- Nebraska la- la- legislature, he, he, let's see, according to what I'm reading, and this isn't the one you sent me, this is something else. Uh, mellow this, this guy, mellow supported, um, a measure requiring doctors performing abortions to inform patients that ultrasounds are available to them. Only the most evil person in the world would say, you shouldn't show a pregnant woman the ultrasound because she might not want to kill it, kill the baby. And that's a horrible, all evil thing. So he's saying he he says doctors should should be telling people. Now, I don't know that doctors should be required to tell women that, that they could have an ultrasound available. But to tell people that they shouldn't be telling it, it some, is also not OK. But Melissa, you know, he's, he's opposed to abortion. My faith guides my personal views. And so the the NARAL people are going nuts. And what is this? How do you even say her name, Elise Hoag? Is that who? Why, did you why can we her? not pronounce anybody's name? I don't know. This She's organization, just, or well, well, because they're they're anyway. The actions today by the DNC to embrace and so and this and this is Perez and the DNC chairman and Sanders are at a are on this unity tour, right? We're trying, they're trying to get all the Democrats all on one page. It's this whole unity tour. They're trying to pull the democratic party back together. Cause they're so, they feel like they're so fractured. And NARAL comes out with a statement that the actions by the DNC to embrace and support a candidate for office who will strip women, strip women, one of the most critical constituencies of the party. Well, there's either men or women, one of the most critical constituencies of the party. It's the, the population in America is 50, 50, Right one of the most constitu- c- critical constituents for the party of our basic rights and freedom is not only disappointing it's politically stupid well ho- the, the mello's not going to do anything of the sort he's running for mayor you dope he's not running right. for he's not going to go write laws today's action make this so-called fight back tour this unity tour look more like a throwback tour for women and our rights it's just idiotic this one what about coolest. all the pro life women and and
1: this is what fasc- fascinates me and everybody shuts down at you're I, in you Nebraska tw- right well exactly but what about pro-life women in this country in general they, they're they not anti-women obviously so that narrative right. falls apart when but a woman is idiotic. pro-life she's pro-life they, they look I also want to add that I think um, the DNC chairman Tom Perez is very well adjusted you know that's how oh. I would describe him very well no. adjusted in calm and, <laughs> and sane that guy's um, a, some that of guy's the things he's of, saying, he's a piece of work I, uh, well I mean it, it's sort of like if I were a party in chaos that would be my <laughs> motto that would right. be the person I would put up to it because it makes perfect sense right um And look, both parties are a mess. But I think and it's funny because Tom, I'm looking at Tom Perez's Twitter account and everything he's talking about over the past day is about women's rights and abortion. And, you know, he's honored to sit down with progressive women leaders next week to discuss how they can best live out our pro-choice values. Like, all right, we get it. You want everybody to know that you're pro-choice, but it's okay to have people in your party who don't agree. You have people like Michael Ware who used to work for Obama who yep. is an evangelical, who really is a Christian, um, but is, you know, when it comes to gay rights and it comes to abortion, he's definitely on the conservative side theologically, yeah. but yet wants to be a Democrat and wants to live the values out that he and look, right. I don't agree with Michael on some of those things, but but he it's hard for people like him when the party wants to push or people in the party want to push them out simply because of their views yeah. on, the, well, Perez, on one issue.
0: And Perez is a known Let me see this, this here. Perez is a known not great guy. And he has proven that in his short his short tenure as chairman of the DNC with his you know, he's working blue. He's talking about the, you know, using the you know, shh, sh you know, how how terrible the, the Republicans are. That they have this. They don't give crappy, a, they don't give an S H I T right. about people. They don't, they, yeah, and they yeah, all that kind of stuff and, and they're even the Democratic Party even has in there you can go to the Democratic Party store, their online store, and buy words that have you know uh profanity on them especially using the quotes from Perez I mean the the Democratic Party has bought into we got to work blue we got to show our outrage it's a fake outrage right because well they've you know, also decided
1: they, they're just not going to pay attention to people who have christian
0: and moral values well, that but, aren't but they're looking unquote, at what, they're looking at what Donald Trump did and the, and it was like um it's like what, what's the what's the movie um network where it ends with where the guy says, "I want you to go to your window and scream, i <clears throat> 'I'm mad as hell and I'm not gonna take it anymore.'" Right? That's kind of how what de- what what Donald Trump tapped into, and so the Democratic Party now that the election's over and Donald Trump won with that kind of an attitude, they're thinking, "Well, we can do that, and we're gonna just kick it up a notch." And so everybody's working blue now. You know? Well, if they're you, not Donald they, Trump. They're first asking of all. I think, sw- I think... Sw- what their favorite swear words are. And it's just ridiculous. What we've learned about Donald
1: Trump is that he's a phoenix who who rises from the ashes every single time. I think next up he'll be Pope. I think
0: he'll get Pope. If he wants to be Pope, he'll have it. He just, um, Didn't he just agree to go see the Pope?
1: Probably, or, I mean, to ask for an audience Not had a good back and forth. It's yeah. been rocky. Um, <laughs> but I have to say, look, I mean, I, I know there are things people don't like about Trump. I don't, I, I, there have been blunders and whatever, but I don't quite think he's the disaster yet that everybody thought he would be. I don't think there's been enough time to think he's been good or bad. You know, like when I hear people say they think well, he's what, so awful or he's so, so great, I'm like,
0: well... You're talking about the Trumpster, right? I, I'm saying again.
1: overall, like when people are judging a presidency after like three
0: or four months, yeah. I, I tend to laugh I, a little bit. I do think that the 100 days thing is, is nonsense now. He's now saying that it's nonsense, even though he put out a contract that he's got what he's going to work on in the first 100 days. and hasn't. I mean, he he thought it was he thought the first 100 days marker thing was a good thing until he realized I'm not getting stuff done. And now he's saying it's it's a terrible marker. I've never understood the whole first hundred days thing. I just think it's silly. Uh right. But as right. far as like okay, so let me ask you. We liked the Gorsuch Gorsuch thing, right? We we thought that Neil Gorsuch was a was a good pick for the Supreme Court. Conservatives were very happy about that. What else are we happy about? What else are conservatives happy about? Because I what I'm I, seeing now is I'm not I other other things I'm like, well, he hasn't done much else. The things right. that he has kind of worked on, I'm I'm not real thrilled with him. He threatened, he again threatened a trade war with China until he met with the Chinese president, and the Chinese president allegedly told him that Korea used to be a part of China, and so Donald Trump comes out and says that, and then South Korea starts to worry because they're afraid that China is going to sweep North South Korea into their one child policy, and you're just I, yeah. what in the, and he's he's allegedly sending the USS Carl Vincent you know, aircraft carrier group to to the Korean Peninsula and it turns out he's actually sending them to Australia, which again freaked out the South Koreans because they said you just you just told the world that you're sending this armada to to the to the Korean Peninsula and you're sending them to Australia. Do you even know what you're doing? And so then they've turned yeah. the fleet around and it's coming back to the to the, none of it makes any sense. I didn't like the bo- I Listen, I understand the people who like the bombing of Syria after the after the sarin gas was used on on Assad's own people. But, tell me what right he had to do that.
1: Um, I think, I mean, look, I, I think most, I, I'm pretty sure most people in both parties thought that it was okay as long as it didn't go any further. You know, I think that's, the, the question is, like, how mm-hmm. far is too far, right? If you're going to declare a war, well, that's not okay. You need Congress. But, you know, look, the the fact of the matter is, I think, I actually think it was one of the better things he's
0: done so far. What the bombing um, of Syria? Be, yeah, yeah, I, So, I invading, a so- it, right? invading, invading a sovereign country uh, when it has well, no we've been national when, the hell when it has no national interest
1: for us? Well, there's look, it doesn't matter. I, I I personally believe on all of these conflicts that there quite a bit of this is on our conscience as a country. No. And when it comes to ISIS, when it comes to what has gone on there, when it comes to the war we started in Iraq, the vacuum we left by pulling out, yeah. and the chaos that, that that's we created, on us, but not Syria, for, for for us to hold back and act like up. Oh,
0: well, you know, this isn't our problem when it really is. Well, the I Iraq think, thing, yes, and af- Afghanistan, and, and but Syria, no. Assyri- Assad's well, been a, Syria, Assad has been Assad has been a bad guy, but kind of our bad guy for a long time. And now the rebels that are fighting against Assad, half of them are ISIS. So now listen, we're doing ISIS bidding at the same time of taking down Assad. I. It's, not, not, about not, that. not, the, the, it's not about that. That's not our business. It's not
1: about that. It's not our business. What this. Well, I don't know about that. And like
0: Rwanda, people wanted us to go into Rwanda years ago, right? I didn't want us to go into Rwanda either. I do think we have a responsibility,
1: and we have to weigh when we think. If this was a full-fledged war that we were starting right now, um, I I would feel differently probably, but we do have to weigh what our responsibility is. But none of it is about that. This is about Trump showing that you don't want to mess with him, that he is not a weak person, that he is going to take a different stand than Obama took, that he is not going to, you know... Sort of like tiptoe around the world. I don't. I think that that is the message he was sending. He was, it was very targeted. He notified everybody before he did it. Um, and I think so. I think the broader narrative was not so much, you know, oh Trump's starting this war. He, Trump's getting us into something militarily. I think it was. I'm going to set a tone and a message that, and I want right. Russia to get that message. And so I'm fine with that. I I don't have a problem with it. I think you know, look. Uh, I think it's super complicated, but. Once you're talking about the sort of death toll and the sort of you know chemical weapons that were being mm-hmm. used, I think I think that it was an appropriate action.
0: It's not again, where's our national interest in it? Well,
1: look, I think if we're going to walk around, I, I do think Republicans love to do this and conservatives, you know, selective responsibility, selective and, and not that you're doing this because you're pretty consistent, but selective compassion, selective care in the world, you know, there's certain countries we care about that. look, you, you have a literal genocide going on in the middle east right now and you mm-hmm. have you have something going on in syria that has gone unchecked since 2011 and at some point there needs to be a show of force i think that for america it's been going on, but it's
0: been going it, on for since before 2011 in syria well no but assad, i'm saying the Assad's, actual civil war the beginnings right. of the civil war were, were 2011 right but but our government and our in the conservative movement support supported assad for a long time because he was the most western of all the uh, you know middle east dictators and he wears
1: a suit. I mean, I get it, but like the the point is, for me, I don't. I think, and for Trump, I would imagine, I, I would, I don't think this had anything to do. I think this was the moment that the world would see that America and that Trump were not going to yeah. follow the same pattern we followed over the past eight years. I don't. And doubt- if we're gonna drone the hell out of him anyway, you might as well do what he did.
0: Yeah. And listen, I d- I don't doubt that it might send. The right message to the rest of the world: Don't mess with us, right? I, I get that. You know, we're we're the days of pussyfooting around are over. Okay, I get that. I just like think, Trump's not wearing like, a pocket protector. Like, the, okay, like drop, dropping dropping the mother of all bombs in Afghanistan, I was okay with because we're still. I mean, we're still dealing with the chaos in Afghanistan, partly of largely of our own making, right? And so we're taking out you know taking out ISIS in Afghanistan. Okay, I can that you can make a plausible argument for dealing with Iraq. Listen, we made the mess, we cleaned it up. Syria is not our mess, right? Syria is not know. our mess. I don't mean, know. I mean I don't I don't know. I mean
1: I I think I do think that some of the Syria chaos and and some of the, you know, organization and, and the quest for a caliphate and all of that, you know, was somewhat related to whether or not there was chaos there before. I I don't think it helped that you had all of that going on in Iraq after the pullout. Right. I I don't think that helped in Syria either, but I mean, there was a point where they controlled one third of both countries and, and some of that land has been taken back. But uh, look, and I'm, and I'm not a Middle Eastern expert, but I do think that Trump accomplished a goal. He made the world a little bit afraid. I think his goal was to really intimidate Putin. Um, and, and he probably to a degree accomplished some of that. Like,
0: yeah, he will shoot a bomb at you. Yeah. Like he will shoot rockets yeah. at you if you don't you so, know. So but you gotta you gotta wonder where will he not drop bombs? Right? Well, I don't because wonder like, that. I like, I don't, like see see I do. Like North Korea. We need to not be launching a war in North Korea. Listen. Now I think am I am I am I against assassinations? That's another that's a discussion for another, you know another podcast with people who are experts and we've taken a vow to not, I mean, it's, it's illegal to do assassinations, right? But how, let me ask you this with North Korea and we're getting, we're getting heavy here and I'm getting very uncomfortable. The, the fat little dictator in North Korea mean that chubby little round piece of garbage. How has he stayed alive this long? How has so many, there are so many, how have so many people bought into him that, that, that his members of his military have not killed him. Or members of his upper because echelon they don't staff. even
1: Look, there was a Lisa Ling documentary a few years back on National Geographic where she went in, and um, and it was just her going in and meeting like the families, the people who live there, mm-hmm. and like it was insanity. Like they don't have, obviously, they don't have TVs, they don't have internet, right. they don't have almost anything, and they would have a picture of his father at the time when his father was was
0: yeah, still so alive. Yeah.
1: That they it's it's basically a religion. I mean, they worship their their leaders, and and it's a cult religion. It's a cult government. So I think that oh. is probably why. Like most of them have no idea what the world is really like outside of North Korea. I
0: suppose, it's, but it is weird. I mean, I just I you just look at and uh, but his people know his upper members of government know and members of his military know what a horrible person he is, and he. He had a member of his family killed—a member of his family or a member of his cabinet killed with yeah, an— anti- His uncle, shot, right? Right, killed with an anti-aircraft gun. I mean, that's the kind of person they're dealing They know who he is. So I, I, I'm, I really am—and I, I, not that I'm advocating somebody in his government killing him. That's not what I'm advocating. I'm just—I look at that situation. I look at him on the TV, right? And I see all of his people around him, and I think, all oh, these people, are they all really— that bought into what he does i mean is there really no one who's willing to step up because the, the he's not an intimidating figure and an imposing figure of and in, like putin i wouldn't mess with putin i mean i understand the people who are scared of putin but who's scared of you know pudgy mcfatterton i don't he's the least the imitating dictate least, least in, intimidating dictator in the history of mankind
1: I do not have the same fears about Trump bombing everybody that that you and some of the have. I don't
0: know that I have a fear that he's going to bomb everybody. I just don't know where his line is. I don't I don't know. And and to his credit, he hasn't made that clear because he says, why would I tell anybody what I'm going to do? Listen, but least, I actually I think that's a sound strategy. That, that is a sound strategy. However, bombing and then saying, what am I going to I'm not going to tell anybody what I'm going to do. It's very it's very possible Putin that you could get bombed. Right. So that's always a possibility. Anyway. Well, listen. I, listen. I'm not. I, he also could be
1: a total disaster. Trump. I, uh, I, my only point is we don't have enough to really judge him by. And so the the way that the media and the way that it's discussed, it's sort of like, oh, he's got nothing done. This is. And yeah, not a lot has happened. <laughs> I do think for conservatives. I mean, gosh, are there any other pro life measures he could sign into law through via executive, you know, order? I mean, it's been really interesting to watch that because I think. That was the area that people were, were very skeptical of. Is he really pro life? You know, is this just? Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I mean, he has yeah, he has good, lived that stuff. out.
0: I'm not a fan. Like, I'm not a fan of the trade protection stuff that he's done. I'm not a fan of his buy American edict thing that he's put out. I just I'm not a fan of that stuff. But I do like buy. I do. I don't like the don't, edict, but I do like I the do. notion of I, buying American. I, I I think why because you like to pay for more expensive things.
1: Well, no, look, I I think. One of the th- one of the problems we have in this country is taxation on corporations and how high you know some of those taxes are. So there are real issues there to address, you know, and mm-hmm. and maybe maybe this is part of his way of addressing some of that. But I I also I, I am not a trade expert, so I'm not going to go into the ins and the outs of it. I don't I don't have strong views on it because I'm essentially incompetent when it comes to that issue. Yeah, just but but I don't. That. I do think it's a nice thing. Like in my town, I try to go to the coffee shop that, you know, yeah, it might cost more, but I, I do like supporting local business. I do like the idea right. of well, American. But
0: that's but that's your that's your personal dollar and you making the decision with that dollar. These are tax dollars. And you have to do what's best with the tax, the wisest investment of the use of the tax dollars. And it's a net loss for us to do, do a purely buy American thing. Unless the well, buy Americans love unless the down. buy, if, unless, the buy America, start... unless the buy Americans a better deal. Oh, does it doesn't give more jobs to Americans. No, that's yeah, the problem. Know. Is it doesn't it actually actually costs jobs and it costs money and it costs and it costs the average American more for the things in their daily life because you're buying way more expensive steel in America that you would you could have got for cheaper somewhere else. I look. I'm I'm
1: open to it. Is all I'm saying. I, I like the yeah, idea. Of it. I the, do think the notion you know, of
0: it's a nice notion. But it doesn't work economically. But anyway. Well,
1: you're you're right. Let's keep importing poisoned, painted Chinese toys for our kids. <laughs> I'm um,
0: not advocating poisoned, painted time. I'm, just, you know, no. There you, are some. You kids were that, advocating. It was in your uh, diary. I that's, read it. Uh, uh, that's actually. There are some kids that maybe you should have the poison, <laughs> paint. <laughs> No, I just don't think he's been this—I don't think he's been as awful as the he's, left thinks, and I don't he's, think he's been as wonderful as some of the right yeah, think. He's not He's not been nearly as wonderful as some of his, his supporters think. However, he's not been the disaster that the Democrats thought or even the Never Trump movement thought. I, I don't think he's been that disaster. I do think no, there's and, and that, a lot of things yeah. to be concerned about, but we haven't seen where things go yet. So, it's again— it's still within, I'm le- 100, it's still I'm within less the first hundred i was under Obama in the first yeah. year i will say that it's only been slightly. three months mu- it's only been three months he's been president for three months and the world has not ended yet which is you know longer than most people thought it would be <laughs> well yeah
1: look I mean i do you think he'll be impeached
0: no Not as long as the house is majority Republican do you think he'll win a second term um you know with this guy you just you just never know. But you never know what screwy thing he could do in the next, you know, two, three years to get himself impeached. There might be, he might piss off enough Republicans that say, you know, get out. Because, because, I'm going to make a prediction. because Republicans really like Mike Pence. Yes. Well, I, here's what I think.
1: I think he will have a second term. I'm going to predict it now.
0: Really? Only I th- I because. Sure, I sure
1: think it's possible, but you never know. You just. <sighs> I think it's likely. I think it's likely. I. I hmm. part of me, I, I maintain. <laughs> well, we'll just hold, we'll hold off on it. But so, I do think so I will not be you, what shocked. Makes I think a good think, chance what of makes, makes a you think?
0: What makes you think? What makes you? And that's your it's your pick, right? That's you're saying. We'll go double or nothing on the stake deal. Even though I think that there's a possibility he could get reelected, I'm willing to go double or nothing uh, with you. Well, look, because you're willing to come out odds, and say now,
1: the odds are in his favor. First of all, I mean, most most if you run, if he He's, runs for a second term, he, the odds are in his yeah, favor. Has a, has a better chance. Um, and look, I think at the end of the day, there's all this squabbling over all these things, but if he can successfully, uh, create, not necessarily create jobs, but create a perception that he is, he is putting jobs first, that he is putting Americans first, that he is taking back some of what people felt like they lost in the past eight years. I think, you know, I I think there is a sense, even though he's nutty and says crazy things, there, There is a sense for a lot of people that he is fixing some of what went
0: wrong yeah. over the past decade. I, I, and I agree. There is that there is a sense among people. His approval numbers don't show up, but there is a sense among people. Let Let me ask you this. Do you agree? Here's where I kind of stand on the impeachment thing. I think it's less likely that he is impeached than it is that he'll just decline to run for re-election. Yeah, I think, no, I agree see, with I think you that, I think that's a greater possibility because, you know, I'm just bored with this. I'm yeah. Yeah. I think that's I more mean, likely than him being impeached.
1: Look, and and I mean very few people in history can say they were president. So congratulations <laughs> to Trump. Look that's he That's really kind of what he wants, No matter how saying, he did I'm, it, I'm, he did I'm, I'm it. Did it. Yeah. I, I also tend to think that we look at him, and I'm not making him into this evil genius or whatever, but you know, we look at Trump as though he's somebody who, you know, oh, is erratic and making these crazy decisions because he says things that are nutty sometimes, yeah. and he yeah, doesn't yeah, think yeah. them through. But I actually think he's very meticulous in how he uses media and how he uses events that unfold, yeah.
0: you know, to he, to create yeah. a, a narrative. Yeah, he he does he's he does it clums. He has an overall goal, but he does it clumsily. It seems to me, like he there he has it seems a lot of unforced errors, and a lot of those unforced errors are could directly connected to his Twitter account. But yeah, you know, oh, yeah. I I think that I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's an evil genius, but I haven't figured it out. I mean, look, this
1: is a man who has consistently been a winner overall, even when he's lost. You know, he's, like he's at his
0: losses. He's been a winner. But I mean, he's, no, and, he's like, no Frank Underwood. I mean, he's not like that evil genius, right? No,
1: and I actually think he's not a bad – I don't think – like, look.
0: I don't think he's an evil
1: person. I actually think he's a nice person when people get to know him probably. I mean, yeah. that's what every single person yeah. who I've so ever interact heard. with who actually knows him says. Which, hmm. you know, look – He said some awful things. He's got orange face and orange hair,
0: Um, but he may be nice. Yeah. Hey, let's do an awkward transition real quick. Okay, I'm going to give you two choices. Do you want to do right now? Because we we can do both eventually, I guess, but do you want to work on that, run that interview that you've been holding since November? Since Christmas? (laughs) It might have been November 3rd. No, are you kidding me? I thought I might like have. Been. You, I thought you recorded it like Christmas time. I'm. I don't really remember. Do you? So do you want to do that, or should we try calling Farachi? because he's in California, right? So it's only ten. Oh o'clock. My, let's just get this over it's with. Only Call 10 Farachi. 15. Okay, I, where's his number? Do you have his number? Oh, I thought you cared about him enough to have his number. Hold on. Let me find it. You got
1: it. I'm going. I'm going to go to sleep after this Ferracci interview because he's going to exhaust me.
0: <laughs> it is ten o'clock. He's not. He's not asleep right now. I've got to find it. I, I don't know. Find he's got like number. 11, teen kids.
1: I have his number. Okay. Should
0: I call him? Yeah, call him. And see if he see if he answers. Even though it's 10 o'clock. This is his moment yeah. to shine. <laughs> it's finally his big break. Our friend Matt he has got a got a new TV show. What's it called? Frankly, frankly, Farachi. frankly Farachi He's great. Yeah, yeah he Farachi. is great. We, we, and we have we've been telling him we should talk to him about his show. And he got this new reality show. Let's see if he's gonna come out. I think we're calling him. Sounds like it. Hello? Hi, this is Matthew Farachi. Leave me a message <laughs> here a message. and I will get back to you with astonishing speed. Although, I'd really prefer that you text me.
1: But if you have to leave a message... Oh my goodness. Okay, fine.
2: At the tone, typical. Typical. please oh, record no. your that message. Over yet? Recording. You may hang up or press one for more options.
1: Well, Matt Farachi, we uh, gave this, you an opportunity. This was your shot. This is your shot for fame. The boys are calling you.
0: It's ten oh seven p.m. on a Friday night. (laughs) You're on the West Coast, which is where I am. Billy's in New York, so it's one o'clock, one oh seven his time. Uh, This was your big break. This was your one chance. And you squandered it. It's uh, you know, it's been nice knowing you. So lose our number, would you? Gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Well.
1: That was eventful. <laughs> I don't want to hear that we didn't try. <laughs> Excuse Chris; he's cardiac arresting.
0: Oh man, that that phone call just set off our my audio here on the board. Sorry about that. Maybe it's because you hacked into the. No, no, it has to do with that stupid phone.
1: All right, so... I I have I have like one more story in me, and then I'm going to sleep.
0: Okay. Well, we need to get let's. Let's let's set up the interview. Then let's go. Oh no, we got to set up our interview. What am I set, talking about? Let's set up the interview. Then we'll come back from the interview, do the story, Ugh, and
1: I'm out of water in my wine glass.
0: Well, go get some real quick.
1: No, I'm good. Okay. I'm good.
0: All right. So set up the interview. All right. So so your, your we did an interview. I mean, interview. this
1: was like November or December, um, with <laughs> Delilah, the oh, radio
0: radio host, Delilah. who actually I thought was so interesting. I love. Delilah,
1: after dark—is that how the song goes?
0: I, something like Delilah, yeah, it's something like that. I'll see if I can find it. Go ahead. Anyway, I remember the words after dark. So she—I mean, she's super popular.
1: I mean, everyone knows Delilah, and she came on, did an interview, and we never ran it because Chris—I um, had no, it's nothing not, it's to a,
0: do with
1: it. Chris actually packaged, didn't put it in in soundcloud and i just never ran it um (laughs) but we wanted to include it in this episode because i think she had some really really great stuff to say about a lot of important issues um (sighs) anyway that has nothing to do with delilah that's just me being tired because it's 1 a.m so but let's roll it let's roll
0: delilah just a second oh i hit the wrong button here you're an idiot and how about now
1: it's Billy Hollowell here with the Church Boys Podcast, and I am very excited to have Radio Legend Delilah on the line. How are you doing today, Delilah?
2: I'm awesome, Billy. How are you? Thank you for, for calling. Thanks for letting me be a part of this.
1: Well, I'm I'm super excited to have you on because I've been listening to you for years. My parents are huge fans as well. And I've got a lot to ask you about. But the first thing that I really wanted to dive into, considering um, that it's National Adoption Month, and a lot of people have been talking about this this issue of adoption. Something that's very close to your heart. Um, you've adopted a number of children, and I just wanted to I wanted to ask you for you what is it that sort of first brought you into that fold? How did you become educated about the issue, and what led you to
2: start adopting? Wow, that's a long, long story. But
0: <laughs> when
2: I was a young single mom, I had one child, my biological son, and he begged for a sibling. And I wasn't married and I wasn't in a long term relationship. And so I thought, okay, why well, don't I adopt a sibling for you? And that's really what started it. My son didn't want to be an only child. And I love parenting. So. I looked into it, I explored the options, um, and a child was placed with us, and we started the adoption process, but that child was not legally free. And the birth mom came back in the picture and uh, wanted custody again, and it really was heartbreaking, because we had bonded with the baby, me and my son. Um, Wow. And so, that was really, really tough really tough. I would advise anybody who's looking into adoption who has their heart set on adopting a child out of foster care to um, to make sure the child is legally free before you, you know, are all in. But anyway, that's how it started. And uh, a couple of years later, we started the process again and found a brother for my son who was just 10 months younger than him. And after I got custody of that young man, discovered he had siblings that were still in foster care, so we arranged visitations with them, and I fell in love with them and adopted them, and then, you know, when you have, I say when you have one, you have one, when you have two, you have 20, so when you have four or five, what, six or seven or eight or nine, and uh, with the exception of my first son, adopted son, Manny, none of my adopted children were planned. Wow. I didn't go out thinking, oh, I want to build a bigger family. They were children that the Lord brought to me, different venues, different avenues, who needed a forever family. And um, I was the one that showed. So with That's the exception amazing. of Manny, the oldest of three siblings that I adopted, none of my adopted children did I sit down and think, oh, I... I feel like, you know, twelve is the magic number or I'm gonna do a home study and going to thirteen. That's not the way it happens.
1: That's amazing though. And and what a generous thing to do. I think, you know, a lot of times when we talk about adoption, we tend to talk about the benefits to the child, which are obvious, you know, giving them a loving home, all of those things. But what would you say for you? Um, have been some of the biggest benefits for your family. And you know, every time you bring a child in, what do you learn? Just take me through some of the other benefits on the other side of adoption.
2: Well, it's, um, it's not all rosy and all easy. It's very difficult when you are um, bringing somebody in from a different background, a different culture, a different set of experiences, a different worldview, a different life, and then expecting them to be able to mold into your family. But here's what I will say. We only grow spiritually and emotionally through challengers. Somebody who has had an easy life, a comfortable life, a super sweet life, and never faced a challenge, has never had to depend upon the Lord, has never grown spiritually, and they have no clue how strong they can be in Christ. And so we don't look at challenges as a bad thing in our family. We look at challenges as a good thing, as opportunities to learn, to grow, to mature, to develop your soul, to develop your character. And when you adopt a child who has been in the foster care system, who has been physically, sexually, emotionally abused, who has been moved from home to home, uh, and you give that child you give that child love, you give that child a a parental family, you are challenged, I am challenged, I learn more about myself, more about my Lord, more about love, real love, what real love looks like every day. You know, when you've got a comfortable family and you've got extra money to, you know, buy season tickets to a football game, or you've got a car that's two years old and only has 20,000 miles on it and it gets you from point A to point B and you don't have to worry about your retirement. You might be comfortable, but are you challenged? Are you growing in Christ? Are you learning what it means uh, to give unselfishly? Are you learning what it means to love unconditionally? So each one of my kids comes with a unique set of challenges. One of my children, uh, was abused as a child and is HIV positive. One of my kids has myosthenia gravis. One of my kids has an autoimmune disorder that has literally killed her twice. And she was brought back to life by doctors and medics. Wow. Um, Almost all of the children that I adopted have been physically, emotionally, sexually abused. And so, you know, I've learned, I've grown, I've developed, I've matured. I've, I've been challenged beyond anything I ever dreamed or imagined, and I think I'm a better person because of it.
1: Well, that's—I mean, that—that's an amazing piece of the puzzle, and I love that you talked about the difficulties too, because obviously they—they they exist. But you know, the way that you folded those into the learning process and the growing process, especially with faith and spiritually, I think that is uh, really amazing. And I wanted to ask because you've—you've you've carried this beyond. Adoption, you have Point Hope, which you founded. And I wanted to ask you about the impetus of that, the work that you do. Uh, it seems to be an area of passion for you. If you would like to speak to that a little.
2: Um, Point Hope is a nonprofit. I, I quickly realized that I wasn't going to be able to adopt every child in the world that needs a forever family. Um, and so I founded Point Hope. I started Point Hope. And our motto, our logo, our Our mission is to be a voice for forgotten children. So here in America, there are 500,000 kids who will go to bed tonight, not knowing where they may live tomorrow, because they're stuck in a very broken foster care system. And they need forever families. They need to be adopted out of that system. 5% will ever be adopted. The rest will age out of a very broken system without any permanency or any sense of belonging. And that's not okay. And so Point Hope speaks to that and tries to bring awareness to that and tries to get other people to realize that these children need a forever family. And then internationally, we work in West Africa, Ghana, West Africa, and caring for children. Started out working mostly with refugees, children who are in refugee camps. And now we've spread out and work in some small villages that are um, disenfranchised and underserved and need support. And we feed kids and we educate kids. We take women off the street um, and give them jobs, give them jobs training skills so they can support their families in ways other than selling themselves. Uh, we do all sorts
1: of things. Wow! I know it's uh, well, unbelievable. It's it's amazing, and it's such a it's so easy to live in our bubbles, right? In, in America, and to not think about these things. We have so much happening here at home that's awful. That's easy to overlook. And then when you think about what's going on in the rest of the world, it's even easier to overlook that. So I I love learning about projects like this where people like you are out there using your celebrity and doing these things that are so wonderful. And you know. Speaking of celebrity because I have to I have to ask you this. I have always wondered, you know, everything that I've done in media has not been Collins' pre, I mean this is a we're pre-recording this for our podcast, but you know, it hasn't I haven't dealt with Collins a lot and I know you obviously you have. Um, and this is obviously a totally unrelated topic, but I've got to ask you this. Do is it do you get a lot of people calling in with sort of crazy messages or I mean how do you how do you vet that and how much time does it take? for you and your staff when you're putting your show together to make sure that you have it all down with the people who who are calling in?
2: Well, I'm my own call screener. I don't have somebody screening the calls. Uh, I do it myself. And um, I can usually tell within just a few seconds if somebody (laughs) is real. Right. The gifts that God gave me, I mean, I have a great voice, thank God for that. But the real gift of my show is the fact that I hear things in people's voices that they don't even know they're saying. Like somebody that can read handwriting and tell your personality, I can listen to somebody's voice within a few seconds and hear what they're not saying. So when somebody is calling me, it's just like when you're a police interrogator. They teach you how to read body language to look for the signs of somebody that's being dishonest. And unless you're a sociopath or a psychopath, the cops A good interrogator, a good investigator can tell within a matter of seconds if you're lying or not by your body language, by the way your eyes contract, you know, those things. Yeah. The same is true with voices. The same is true with voices. Voices change and have a different pattern, wave pattern, um, based on if you're telling the truth or not. And I can usually tell within a, a few seconds if somebody is trying to scam me or be a jerk. And uh, I just, I don't have, I don't have time for that. You want to call and tell me a story? I'll listen with all my heart. You want to call and be a jerk? (laughs) Bye-bye.
1: Well, it's good that you have that talent because obviously you have this uncanny ability to connect with people. And that is obvious from anybody who, who has listened to you. And I've just always wondered, obviously you get a ton of phone calls and, how much, and it's fascinating to me that you're the person going through those calls. I think that is really a, sort of a cool detail um, to know. But I would imagine, its an, is it an overwhelming process going through, or is it at this point, you've been doing it so long, it's pretty e- easy to figure out which stories are going to connect with the audience the most, I would assume.
2: Yeah, it's very, very, very easy. And I used to have call screeners, but the thing that I discovered is when people have to tell their story once, a call screener by the time they get to me it's not as fresh it's not as authentic it's not as real you know it's kind of like rehearsing a proposal yeah you you, is i want i want to hear what you're really feeling what you're really saying what you're really thinking and i don't want it rehearsed or watered down
1: can I ask you this? And, and this is a loaded question. You might not even be able to answer it off the top of your head, or maybe maybe you will. But what is the one story out of, I mean, I know you've heard so many and you've connected with so many people, but the one story that has shocked you the most, stuck with you the most, is there, is there anything that sort of set itself aside from the other stories that you've heard over the years? Oh
2: my gosh, there's so many. There's, I mean, I'll tell you the last few weeks, the one story that's, that's done that. Uh, It just came through the studio last night. A young girl called me from Alaska, 15 years old, and her mom died a month ago. They're in Alaska. Her mom had a flat tire. She went to change the tire, and the jack failed, and the car fell on her while her grandmother was there. So she watched her daughter pass away. This young 15-year-old girl, is calling to dedicate a song to her little sisters because they're having such a hard time. They're twins. They're 13 years old, dealing with their mom's passing. And I start talking to her and ask her questions about, you know, her life, her high school. And she says, well, I can't read. I said, what do you mean you can't read? She says, I'm blind. When I was five, I had a brain tumor. And it took my sight and um, my pituitary gland. They took my pituitary gland. So I'm on medication for the rest of my life and I can't see. But instead of complaining or feeling sorry for herself, she's like, oh, no, you know, I have a great teacher at school and she's helping me to learn to read Braille. And I'm actually calling for my sisters because they're having such a hard time. And here's a girl, 15 years old, who could be calling feeling, you know, so sorry for herself. And instead, she was trying to be a blessing to her sisters and her grandmother. And I'm like, oh, my word, do I need to come and hang out with you, young lady, and learn to have this attitude?
1: That's unbelievable. I, I would imagine, you know, when, and I as a as a journalist and, and doing this on the side, you know, as a project, I get to talk to a lot of people, not as many as you do. And it is interesting over time how stories change you when you hear them. How has this career shaped you and changed you and, you know, and molded you?
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, first off, all my best friends are because of my career. Janie, my producer, who's been my best friend for almost 30 years, was a listener. Oh. And her daughter, Jessie, who she adopted, she adopted because of our show. She was led to um, somebody that works in the adoption field who was a listener to our show. And Jesse was placed with her through our show. So, you know, the very foundation of my life, uh, the two men that, that started my career in radio are the two men that shared the gospel with me when I was a teenager and helped to lead me to the Lord. So the very foundation of my life is because of radio. My first husband, uh, the late George Harris, who passed away, but he was my first husband, the father of her son, he working in radio. I met him at a radio event. We fell in love because of radio. So, um, you know, my whole life has been impacted, revolved around my radio career.
1: I love that. And I would imagine, like you just said, sharing that little girl's story. Gosh, you know, I'd love to hang out, you know, hang out with this kid, and and you just hear these stories and the things that people go through, and it does put so much in perspective. I know for your listeners, and obviously, um, I would imagine for for you as well, um, in just hearing these stories. And and you brought up hearing the gospel, you know, when you when you were you know teenager. Take me through. I know this is another. I'm asking you these lifelong, large scale questions because I'm so fascinated and I want to know, but. Um, what was your what was your spiritual journey like? How did you come into Christianity?
2: Uh, through the back door, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much like everything else in my life, through the back door. Um, my folks were not saved; they were not Christians. They they did come to the Lord before they died, both of them, but they were not while we were growing up. And my brother, whose name, oddly enough, was Matthew, Mark, Luke. Um, met a girl in college, fell in love. He wanted to ask her out. She wouldn't go out with him because she said she was waiting for God to bring a right man into her life. And he gave his heart to the Lord because he fell in love with her. Then he and the Carnegie brothers, the two men who started me in broadcasting, shared the gospel with me and I told them where to jump off a cliff or something (laughs) along those lines and uh, then when I was 25 my brother was lost in a plane accident he was a pilot for the air force and he went down in a light plane and that's when my real spiritual journey began and I got involved with a lot of things I got involved with the new age movement Um, I went and saw a channeler sat in the presence of a demon, went to um, great lengths to learn about Eastern mysticism and all sorts of crazy stuff before I finally came to the realization that what the Kenegis had told me and my brother had told me was true, and I needed the Lord as my personal Lord and Savior.
1: What what would you say was the key moment that made you? Because that's the you know so many people go on that journey. They're looking for they're looking for the truth, and they go everywhere to try to find it. What was it? And, and maybe it was just a gradual process. Some people have this shocking moment or realization. But what was it for you that made that switch go
0: off?
2: God, you know, if you seek God with all your heart, you will find Him with all your heart. And if you go on that journey, that you. Get he will you and He will point you in the right direction. He won't let you wander lost. And you know, I've met a lot of people who've gone on that journey, and every time God shows up, they resist him because he doesn't look or feel like they want him to. Yeah,
1: you know that. I think that is the. <laughs> What you said is so true. When you do seek, when you do seek the Lord, and you truly seek Him with all your heart, you are you are going to find Him. And, and I think that's, um, you know, it's funny to me that I hear so many stories like, oh, I went over here, I went over there, I went everywhere else, and then you end up, <laughs> and then you end up saying, they okay. back
2: at square one. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly.
2: But here's the thing: you have to be willing to accept Christ on Christ's terms, not make Him be what you want Him to be. And most of us who are human have this little thing called pride and we don't want to submit to authority. We don't want to submit authority. We don't want to think that we're a sinner. We don't want to think that we can't do it on our own. Even some of the most religious people I know, you know, very righteous, very religious, cannot admit that there is nothing that they can do to earn their salvation, that grace is free. They want to think that If they follow this rule, if they "Mm -hmm, they do this, if they do that, if they donate this, if they give up their time and their resources, if they abstain from sex, if they abstain from alcohol, if they stay married to somebody that they despise, blah, 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 they will somehow earn God's favor. And they just can't wrap their head on it. So all you have to do is accept the law to the end of the story.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I guess I would ask you too, in light of all of this, because I think when, when you're a Christian you you sort of look and I've been thinking a lot more about this, what our mission is in life, what we're supposed to do, and I think it's very easy in media and, and other arenas too, plenty of other arenas, to sort of get caught in a trap of just working to get yourself out there, working to get your name out there, working to, and you end up working so hard, but you sometimes, not you, but people in general, and I think for myself, I've even noticed this in the last couple of years, losing touch with, okay, where does God want me? What does God want me to do? What is the mission for my life? Not just what I want it to be, but what I'm meant to do. When all is said and done for you, for Delilah, and people look back at you and your astounding career, what is the big takeaway that you want them to have about you, your life, and, and your accomplishments?
2: That God is real and that he's not kidding. When he says things like care for the orphans and the and their affliction, he means it. He means it. And he doesn't mean you know, get accolades or get pats on the back or be on a radio them. He means care for the orphans and widows and their affliction. Not to earn His grace or to earn his, his love or His forgiveness, but because that's what we're called to do, is to care for those who have no voice. And everything in my life, the way I live my life, the way I raise my kids, the way I conduct my business, is all about sharing God's grace, sharing God's light in a dark and dying world. It's not about attention. It's not about fame. It's not about owning the latest pocketbook or having expensive shoes. It's about sharing God's love in a dark and dying world, period, end of story.
1: Well, I love that. And I so appreciate you taking the time. I I really would love to have you back again because this was just amazing, enlightening. It's always good to get a chance to talk to people um, and learn their story a little bit deeper so I appreciate you sharing all of this today
2: well anytime call me I'd love to talk to you we got lots to talk about
1: We do we do
2: tell people to go to PointHope.org.
1: I will and we'll make sure we link out to it as well in the, in the resulting stories that we do on this podcast
2: All right God bless you honey. I trust you.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that lovely interview with the always gracious and talented Delilah. Um, so before we get out of here, I, I had told Billy that I had some stories about my idiot kids that I wanted to share with him eventually. And he says, save them for the show, save it for the show. And so uh, let me give you a couple. So my daughter, I have three children. I have a nine-year-old, a, a six-year-old, and a three-year-old. And the three-year-old is extremely three. And she's an extremely third child. I mean, she is. She doesn't stop talking. She's definitely the baby in the family. She's bossy, not bossy like her oldest sister. Her old's her the oldest child. The, like she's not like a firstborn. She's just bossy and demanding, like a third child. Uh, but she's <sighs> funny and weird and just uh, the apple of my eye. But anyway. So she's going through the potty training thing because she just she just turned three. So she's doing the potty training thing. and I told Billy i I need to tell him about what did I need to tell you about. I need to tell you about the night of urine and, her, and there was a pooping chair incident. there's a pooping chair incident and a creepy. So I told you once about, you know the potty training thing, and she's she I, I came and I found her in the toilet after church, and she was stuck in the toilet, <laughs> and there was a giant log on the floor. Okay, so that's Lucy. So the night of <laughs> urine. My little, my little guy, my little guy, my Colton, he is six. And so, you know, at that age, you sometimes have some bedwetting issues and he has had some in the past and he's pretty over it now. But so the night of urine, <sighs> I go up, he comes down and gets me, wakes me up. Cause I told him, listen, if you have an accident, just come tell me and I'll come up and we'll get you cleaned up, get new jammies on. I'll pull your sheets and put them in the wash and we'll get you, you know, something else to sleep in a sleeping bag or he has a top bunk. He can sleep in the top bunk or whatever. So, he comes down and gets me, and it is. He comes. I go up to his room, and I have never seen so much pee in one bed. <laughs> the sheet. Is, so he has a a. He has like this strip of cloth. It's a it's a mattress pad protector, but it's just a strip of cloth. It's about, and it goes across the mattress, so it covers from from his shoulder blades down to his knees. I mean, it goes across the mattress, so that if he pees, if he he's on that, and nothing else gets wet. Well, he soaked that. And his <laughs> sheet underneath. And the <laughs> mattress pad underneath that. You know, the whole mattress pad that covers the entire mattress under your sheet. Oh, wow. That whole thing was soaked. And both of his pillowcases. And, and his top sheet. And his blanket. And wow. the bedspread. All of it soaked. And there was pee on the wall. And he hadn't taken it out and like peed everywhere. It was just a lot of pee. So we got it all stripped down and took care of it and got him back into bed. And, and, um, and so then, so that was about two or three in the morning. And then about an hour later, we hearing this noise upstairs and JC goes, my wife goes up there and comes back down. You've got to see this. And so we go upstairs and Lucy has is again, she's potty training. So she has a toddler bed so she can get out of her bed and go to the bathroom. And so she goes to the bathroom, but well, she's wearing diapers, you know, nighttime pull-up diaper things. Well, she has ripped this thing off, and was going to go to the bathroom, but didn't make it, and peed. And so her diaper is sitting in the in the on the bathroom, like the door in the doorway to the bathroom, because she has stripped it off because she's running. And she's trying to go to the bathroom, and so all over the tile floor she has peed because she didn't make it there. She just had to go so bad. She peed on the floor, and she was so tired and so frustrated. She just laid down. In it on the floor. Oh. <laughs> so the entire upstairs was urine. That that was the night of oh. urine. So it's just but anyway, so my my so anyway, Lucy. Oh. So she comes she when she first got her toddler bed or realized she could get out, she had this habit of she would just come down and she would come down and she would we'd wake up at two o'clock in the morning and she'd be standing standing in our room, in our bedroom, staring <laughs> at us like a killer just <laughs> but the creepiest thing I ever my happened, daughter did that too so the creepiest thing that ever happened is my office is connected to my bed it's just off the bedroom and it's this big room and it's and it was dark as pitch black it's got you know I come to work about 4 30 in the morning and i'm i'm getting ready i'm all down showered and i come back into my my office and i turn on the light and there's lucy standing there with her head <laughs> holding her blanket. she got her blanket wrapped around her head. down like this so her long hair is down over her face and she's just standing there sobbing. <laughs> it's like a horror film. My house is a Why horror film. So it's like scared. a haunted house. Was she wasn't she... scared. She's just standing there crying in the middle of the room and it scared the poop out of me. I don't... I am not i don't get... Things don't scare me. I don't get startled very easily but I jumped out of my pants when I saw it because she's just... I just out of nowhere and it was like a horror movie but she's just... So that's Lucy. That's what she does. And then, oh, the poopy chair incident. I got to tell you that one, too. So, again, <laughs> kids are she's, not kids she's, are crazy. So, she's under instructions that we don't get up until seven o'clock. Mommy, daddy, come get you. You don't get up. You don't get up before that. Unless you have to go to the bathroom or you're poopy or something. You need to go. That's fine. You can go do that. But then you have to go get back in your bed. So, she is working on the whole pooping thing. And this just happened a couple weeks ago. Goes to the bathroom, tears off the diaper, goes number two except that she hasn't perfected the art of wiping yet, okay? But she's doing what we've told her to do. She gets done, has not wiped. Well, at all, if at all, okay? Goes back to her room, gets big girl panties out of her dresser drawer, and then sits on the big chair, nice chair that we have in there. That's a rocking chair. Not a hardwood rocking chair, but fabric rocking <laughs> chair. This big, nice, comfy chair and sits in that to put her big girl panties on and so oh, now no. the, the chair was a total disaster <laughs> so that's her that's, that's what, right were you able to clean it yeah the wife well i wasn't the wife did she got it all cleaned up and taken care of but that's every day with her there's something like that that happens every single day <laughs> that's hilarious
1: <laughs> That's like our my first kid would do the same thing. She'd come into our room every night at like two or three a.m. and would like stare stare at us or try to get in bed. Um, and the <laughs> creepiest thing is when you wake up and she's just staring at
0: you. Yeah, it's weird.
1: And just it's, it's weird,
0: like, and you you can't and you know, and like that's what and they don't even wake you up by talking. You just wake up because you know somebody's staring at you. Right, exactly. That's the worst feeling in the world. You roll over, and there's that little cretin staring at you, and you're like, "Oh, so (laughs) weird." It's it's, so weird. It is. Kids are the worst, but what can you do? So anyway, so I shared with you the stories. Exciting, right? That's my life, right? I I poop and pee all the time.
1: Kid stuff is always crazy. My my twenty month old is like taking her, trying to take her diaper off all the time now. (laughs) <laughs> so, it's like, you know, we're not even attempting to do potty training for yeah, a long time with her. We to, started no. too early, I think, with our first. Yeah. And it was, we had gains, and she did great. And then, but you know, I'll tell you, and she's and she's four now, like, the evening thing is still, like, nighttime is still tough. It yeah, takes it them a be. really long time it to learn be. how to get up
0: and pee yeah. without, you know, having an accident. Yep. And some for some kids, it just clicks right away, and other kids, it's a process. You know, you can't force it. There's nothing... I mean, you can't. You don't. Apparently, give, it's like,
1: not. It's a medical thing. Like yeah. they're
0: not. Like your body and your mind yeah. have to be to click. ready right. for it. And there's a difference between that and babying a kid and not expecting them to do, but you know, not helping them. But yeah, it's. A, hey, it's you a, try your best. Uh, I mean, but your kids are just pissing everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. I mean, it's all over the place. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's it. That's that's my life. Every day, it's poop and pee and some other Lucy thing because she is. Uh, she sounds like a character out of all is, you would of love her. Them, she she is, sounds like the most character. And she's not bad. She's not naughty. And she's just right, she's just, just funny. Funny. And talks all the time. Doesn't stop talking. <laughs> and then so now she does this thing. She oh, she her favorite thing is so she she, she loves superhero stuff. Like Colty likes these little, you know, the DC cartoons where they have the, the Justice League or whatever, Batman, and Wonder Woman things. so She loves to be Batgirl. And so just tell her, she just says, I'm Batgirl today. And she walks around and she won't respond unless you call her the whatever superhero she happens to be that day. So there's that. And so she'll demand that people, when she's gone somewhere and she's leaving, like she's leaving my folks house and she's saying bye to my grandparents and my aunts. And they'll be saying bye Lucy. And she says, no, say goodbye to Batgirl or Wonder Woman whoever she is. And so she does this, but she's into this superhero thing, and she she I, her she has this weird she has a weird superpower that she has decided as her superpower. She runs around with her eyes crossed. I mean, like at a dead sprint, <laughs> and I don't know how she hasn't killed herself yet because she'll run. Wait a minute, you a, have
1: grandparents? You just said grandparents? You still have grandparents?
0: I, I have my grandparents. My 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 mother's folks live just my the people the the grandparents that I bought this house from that we live in live a block away from us. How real, old are us. your grandparents? uh 93 and 91
1: are they in like super good
0: shape yeah i mean for 93 and 91 they get around and drive and go to church and go to the store and yeah they live on their own yeah. that's that's old yeah like, my grandma is a tough old bird right and she's like her so she comes from very hardy stock her father emory um my great grandfather who i knew he he was he was an awesome old dude incredible pool shark. I mean, he'd act like he doesn't know what he's doing. And then he would just waste you at a game of pool. Anyway, he was just this tough old, tough old dude too. And he was, there's a story about him. He saw on his, on his band songs and cuts off his thumb uh. and doesn't react at all. And go other than go uh, uh, and grabs the other hand of the thumb and goes <laughs> to the hospital and they sew it back on. But my, my grandmother broke her back a few years ago, broke her back. What? And, and that's like a death sentence right, at that age. And didn't even realize it really. It was just like, oh and she just thought she was having back pain, like she'd messed something, like tweaked something or something. And they took it finally a couple months later, they take her to the hospital. You broke your back. So they did surgery and cleaned everything up. And she was fine. She She's walking around. And then a few months ago she slipped maybe it was last summer, she slipped and she broke her leg, her femur. You know, it's supposed to be like the most painful thing you can do is break your femur, right? And all she did was say, "Els, I'm going to need your help getting up. In fact, I don't think I'm going to be getting up. You probably should call the ambulance." And that's as emotional <laughs> as she got about it. She broke that's her friggin' crazy. femur and just sat there and said, "Els, you need to her her husband, my grandfather. You you should call the ambulance. I think." And so he did, and they took her, and never once winced in pain, didn't cry about nothing. That's crazy. Just that's tough crazy. As nails, and just the sweetest old lady too. It's sweet. Oh, you would love her she's just a sweet kind old christian I love old lady she's just like just she's just old school and so anyway are you close with the, your, your grandparents yeah. oh yeah extremely extremely um
1: i have i have three grandparents left I, mine are all in their they're all in their 80s yeah. um so not too far behind yours you know i lot my grandpa died young he was like 56 it was well, really sad um you know, but like, and it's weird because you know you look at these people and you knew them. I knew them when they were young, my like grandparents, and now they're old. It's just weird. It's weird watching people age.
0: Yeah, it is. Like watching
1: you age has been really strange.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am getting grayer. I noticed it the other day. I was clipping my my beard. I'm like, this is the grayest my the chin whiskers have ever been because I've got, as you know, I've got dark facial hair, but then there's just yeah. like, and I've always had a few grays, but then there was just like just scads of them i couldn't believe it it was really terrifying that's how my hair is getting actually my hair i was gonna ask i mean okay i was gonna ask you because we haven't done the skype thing because we talk on the phone all the time we haven't done the skype thing in a while like a couple months or a month and a half and it looks like now i thought maybe you'd frosted it or colored it a little bit is it getting gray right here in the front right here yeah, the front, back right there. here. Yeah, yep. I was only noticing one it on side the, of it. It's really weird. I was noticing it on the camera. It's thought, either he's got a really yeah, yeah, cool eye yeah, no, job, or I'm going to go. I think it. I'm going
1: to be like Anderson Cooper, white eventually. Not which I'm thi- fine Not thin, with, I mean. like
0: not thin, like Anderson Cooper, just white haired. I don't know if I keep this working out. You up, keep I, the I don't working know. out thing. Should we call Farachi one more time, or should we just call it quits? I'm not calling Liberace <laughs> again. He didn't pick up, and I'm out. <laughs> Liberace. <laughs> Oh, so <laughs> let's uh let's do this then.
1: So wait, so are the Church
0: Boys coming back now? Well, I think they should. Don't you think? I th- maybe they should. Oh. Yeah, people
1: should let us know if they want us to. Oh, buy my book.
0: What what book is that?
1: <laughs> it's called Faultline. What book is that? Go to hollowellfaultlinebook.com.
0: Hollowellfaultlinebook.com, and it quotes Chrisfield <laughs> extensively.
2: <laughs> the Church Boys.